Hey everyone! So this week I just released my latest book. Uh, it's called The Book of Why and How. It's the result of the thousands of hours of interviews that I've done with many of the world's highest of achievers. As you know, uh, we're over now 4,000 interviews. So I tried to take what I learned during those interviews and put them together in this brand new book. It also includes insight by close to 400 of those same thought leaders. You know, their quotes, photos, the whole works in this book as well. And really what... I guess motivated me to put this book together is, and I don't share this story often, but I started with a Fortune 500 company back in the, I guess it was the mid to late 90s, and it was the 58th largest company in North America at the time, and I was really shocked to find out in the first week I started, I had almost zero training. I felt helpless and hopeless, and I really said to myself then I wanted to make sure that I helped other people not have to go through what I went through. You know, because helplessness or hopelessness doesn't have to be at the start of a new job. It can be various aspects of your life. And I really wanted to learn what these uh, high achievers, these thought leaders were doing differently so that I could share it with other people in easily digestible ways and in the case of a book, a low-cost way so that you could learn from what these people have done and I could learn from what they had done during my interviews as well and so that we could uh, maybe avoid that hopelessness or helplessness we feel when we don't have access to that type of experience exclusive insight that other people may have access to. So again, put this book together uh, to hopefully address that. I launched it with a Kickstarter campaign, and that's mainly because I wanted to be able to offer some really exclusive bonuses for the people that support the project. At the same time, it's a way for people to be a part of it and, and help support the project and make sure it comes to life. Uh, so really excited to bring this all together. Uh, the bonuses themselves you can actually find right on the website. If you go down the right-hand side, it lists the different levels different numbers of books you can buy and you'll find exclusive bonuses which each different level worth checking out I think uh, again the idea with the book is to hopefully give you access to insight you wouldn't normally be able to get unless you spent the same thousands of hours that I spent researching this and interviewing these high achievers and again as well the book you know was something that was spurred on because of something that happened earlier in my life and my hope is that it serves as a game changer or a transformational moment for you you know the moment you start reading the book and hopefully Hopefully the moment that you finish it. So if you want to learn more about it, if you want to grab your copies today, if you want to get access to these great bonuses, or if you just want to support this project uh, because you want to make sure it jumps off the ground in a big way, feel free to go to thebookofwhy.com. Again, thebookofwhy.com, and you'll get all of the information there. And of course, as always, love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. You can reach us at conversationswithleaders at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Hi everyone, this is Shelly, aka The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show, and really excited to have a brand new guest with us today. So, Gita Nodkarni, really excited to have you here, and I guess probably where I'd love to start, if it works okay for you, is for our listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your backstory or your journey. Sure. So where I'm at right now is I'm basically, um, I teach entrepreneurs how to create exponential growth in their businesses by firing their PR agencies, giving journalists what they actually want, 
and then borrowing huge, we're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, huge audiences without having to build them from scratch the way you have to do on social. So that's basically what I help people do. And the reason I'm able to help people do this is because I basically got my first paid writing gig when I was 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 37 as of this recording. So it's been a good, solid, you know, quarter decade uh, that I've been working in newsrooms in multiple countries. I've done TV, radio, print, new media. I currently contribute to Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, Global News. Um, have been featured in on CNBC, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, lots of different places. Uh, names you definitely recognize. And the, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I come to pitching from three different angles. So the first angle is, of course, during my career as a reporter and as a journalist and a media professional, I received so many terrible press releases. Press releases are just they're not the way to go. We can get into that discussion a little bit further on. So that's one piece. Um, I've also always freelanced. So even when I had staff positions at various media outlets, I always had something on the side. I've always sort of been an entrepreneur myself. And so I was pitching editors or producers with whom I didn't have an existing relationship. So I had to figure out all these ways to hack the system. And now as a business owner myself, very similar to you guys, um, I'm pitching from the same angle as you. I'm trying to get, you know, build credibility and get exposure and leverage the media and these audiences, same as you. So I've, I have a pretty nuanced understanding of the process from multiple angles. Yeah. Wow. So, so many directions I'd love to go from there because, you know, our listeners being entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their business, I mean, this is, of course, right up their alley. And so two things that popped out to me, I'll, I'll tell you the first one, and we can mm-hmm. go down that rabbit hole, as they might call it, and then uh, sure. I'll pull back and go down the other one. But you mentioned something really key there for a lot of people listening who've maybe been trying to get media or who have been, you know, over the years featured in the odd media but want to get more is about the press release side that you mm-hmm. mentioned, about the fact that maybe that's not the best route even though that would probably be the most common route that people yes. think of immediately when they think of getting media. So can you, can, I guess, can you enlighten us there and talk to that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, this is a great question. I appreciate your asking it. When you Google how to get media, you always find people telling you to get to write a press release. PR agencies make a lot of money writing press releases. They charge you between, you know, on the very, very, very low end, $300 to $1,500 is about standard. And that's one press release. Now, and, you know, let's, let's talk about what a press release actually is. A press release is the most basic collection of facts. So it's what we call the five W's, the H of silence. So it's who, what, when, where, why, and how. So that's the, the most basic collection of facts that a journalist would need to put together a story. There's a big problem with the press release, you see. It was wildly innovative and extremely effective back when it was invented in 1906. Now, let's just take a moment of pause here, right, and think about how different the media is in ni- compared to 1906, compared to where we're sitting today. So Absolutely. one of the things – so Ivy Lee is the man who's credited with inventing the press release, 
And the, the lesson that I feel like PR professionals and entrepreneurs learned over the years following Ivy Lee's 5W's formula is the wrong lesson, you see. And this is a very interesting thing to, ha- to, to think about as business owners because I often see this exact same mistake reflected in the way that people run their businesses and design their products and services. So for example, so, so what I mean by this is people looked at Ivy Lee's success with the press release and they were like, oh, it's the formula that works. It's the five W's and the silent H. Like, that's what we have to get to journalists. And then they're going to feature us in the press. And that's not actually why it works. You see, Ivy Lee did his homework. He did his research. And what he realized was back in 1906, journalists faced a very interesting problem. This was pre-internet, pre-smartphone. You know, basically, there was very, very basic telephone service at the time. So journalists had to basically leave their desk leave their newsrooms, get out there, pound the pavement, knock on doors, ask people questions. It was very time-consuming. So they had to get out there and go out in the community and find the stories. The stories didn't come to them. So what Ivy Lee did was he hacked their problem. He found their pain point, and he designed a solution for it. The, the formula of it just happened to be the five Ws. But the reason it worked is because it addressed their pain. Do you see where I'm going with this from a business perspective? Absolutely, yes, 100%. We, right? We fall so in love sometimes with, oh, the bells and whistles of our product or the, you know, all the extra bonuses in our service, and we forget to ask that core question. Is this the problem that people are actually in pain about? Is this the most painful problem that they have? And P.S., are they willing to pay money to solve it? So... In, so that's from a business perspective. That's that reflection that I see, that echo that I see often is the same people who send out press releases are like, well, the formula will work. Like, this is what you're supposed to do, and that's what I'm not even going to I'm, – I'm not going to examine this and see why it doesn't work. And then I'm going to get really mad when it doesn't work, same as I'm going to get mad in my business because my products are not selling and my services aren't getting picked up. And what I'm saying is start with your clients. Look at them. Really look at them. Really listen to them. That's what I teach people to do in my program. Really listen to what your clients are saying. And in this case, if we're doing pitching to media, let's look at what a journalist's problem is today. Today, a journalist's problem is the exact opposite of what it was in 1906. Today, they're bombarded. Their inboxes are full to overflowing. They're bombarded with social media. They're being, you know, pinged on Twitter. Um, There's all of this stuff going on. And if if you've ever seen a press release, it's really boring, like really boring. And when you receive 600 of those a day, it just makes you want to, like, you just d- develop a really muscular delete single. So <laughs> it's true. And so what I coach people to do, and we have templates to help them do this, literally you can fill these in in 15 minutes and customize them, and they'll work better than a $1,500 press release, is I teach you how to tell a story. And the story is based on bringing value to an audience. So you're going to give them something that they can take away in a very short time frame that's going to make their lives better, that's going to make them want to talk about you, that's going to make this journalist who is a gatekeeper and who's basically like your first reader or first listener or first viewer because often journalists are very similar to the audiences that they serve. So if you can basically impress this journalist and show them uh, a fresh, interesting, curiosity-evoking way to look at an age-old or common problem, 
they're going to fall in love with you and they're going to say yes to you. And then if you structure your pitch in such a way that they can see that you've already got a clear sense of how their audience thinks and works and how the process works, because you've, you've broken it down into bullet points, you've got a little image there, you've got a headline, etc. then basically you've done all the heavy lifting for them. You've done 80% of the work. All they have to do is say yes, maybe ask you a question here or there, give you a time and you're booked. And that's why so many of our students have their own columns in magazines like Entrepreneur and Inc. and Forbes and so on and so forth is because I've shown them how to do it in a way that's going to help anyone who wants to book them get the decision makers at the top of the food chain at a news agency or a media agency to say yes. So one of the things that I, I wanted to jump to from there, and I, and I still had my second question that I want to go to, Gita, but mm-hmm. I think this is an important one as well, is so you mentioned, you know, the press release in, in terms of it being maybe the way it used to work to help the journalists' uh, problems that keep them up at night go away. And, yeah. you know, now today, storytelling is going to be a story to capture them. And as you mentioned, uh, also helping to do the heavy lifting for them. So yeah. I guess the secondary, I guess, my what popped into my head right away, the secondary follow-up question to that would be in terms of the approach of pitching. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's changed a lot too. Back, you know, 1906, I guess, uh, or, you know, if we go to the 1930s and 40s, you might pick up the phone. <laughs> you probably certainly weren't yep. sending an email. Um, so today, when you're working with students, how do you recommend they reach out to the journalist? Like, first of all, they have to obviously figure out how to find who is, who is the journalist they're trying to pitch to. And then, yep. of course, the secondary part is what's the way you find most, based on even your experience, most journalists would prefer to be reached, if you will. Great question. So I will tell you what people typically do and what PR agencies will have you do and tell you is the right way to go, which from a journalist and producer's perspective, and by the way, this is not just my opinion, because when I was creating the course, I reached out to my extended network of journalists across North America, the UK and India, and then got them to connect me to their network. So I spent hours and hours and hours on the phone and on Skype interviewing producers and journalists and editors who are working today and podcasters and big-name bloggers, influencers, basically. And they were there, – there is a wide variety of personal preferences, so I will say that, you know. Put 10 journalists in a room, you'll get 15 opinions. That There is a little bit of that, as with everything. But what PR professionals typically will do is they will buy a list and they will write a press release and then they will, you know, charge you a little bit of extra money – to either put it out to that list or put it on PR News Web. So this is a syndication, press release syndication service, where basically it publishes your press release to prnewsweb.com. And then a bot on the back end of an ABC affiliate or an NBC affiliate or a CBC affiliate will pick it up. Now, this is on a hidden page on the back end of this news website. And what they've pulled up is a press release. How many press releases have you read today, Corey? <laughs> Zero. Right? Nobody reads them. Journalists don't read them. Clients don't read them. And they're not as shareable as, say, an article featuring you where you're quoted. It's your picture. It's your product picture. That is leverageable. You can turn that into money. Getting just some PR in the back end of a bot that nobody reads, to me, that's cheating. That's a waste of money. So that's typically what I find people do to to solve this problem. What I recommend people do is the opposite. You want to build a relationship. I would rather 
you talk to 10, it's the same as business. Again, there are so many parallels here. All of the things that you learn to pitch the media are the same skills that are going to help you grow your business. Because instead of talking to 100 rando people, if you talk to 10 pre-qualified hot prospects who literally are dying to solve the problem that you happen to solve, you're going to have a much better result. You're going to get booked more if it's journalists, and you're going to get paid more if it's clients. So the same deal. So you basically want to start with getting crystal clear on who your clients are and then figuring out, okay, where, where are these clients already playing? Where do they consume their content? What are the big media outlets? that either they're reading or listening to, like it could be podcasts, and I include new media, I include blogs and podcasts and so on when I teach this, because that's our reality in 2017. So whether it's new media, whether it's, uh, you know, podcasts, whether it's the Harvard Business Review, whatever they're reading and that they're loving and they're being influenced by, you want to have a list of that. You also want to keep clear that some of these outlets, people will tell you they read, or they will be impressed by the logos, but they don't actually ever buy the magazine or read it. So, uh, you know, a good example would be the Harvard Business Review. A lot of entrepreneurs would be very impressed if they went to your website, Corey, for example, and they wanted business coaching or speaking coaching. And they were like, whoa, this guy's been featured on Fox and Harvard Business Review and, and Inc. and Forbes. Even though they don't necessarily read Forbes, they would that would buy you a huge amount of credibility and set you way above your competitors in their mind. So you want to have a nice mix of uh, media that they actually consume and media that they look to uh, for credibility and thought leadership. Does that make sense? Oh, it sure does, 100%. Right. And oh, so then you would uh, and then you would actually go and consume some of that content. So you would go if you wanted to get featured on Forbes, the first thing you have to do is read Forbes. You have to go and go onto the website and say, okay, what have they covered on my topic? You're going to find that out. You're just going to do a quick search on the site for your topics, your keywords, whatever it is that, that applies to your. So if, if it was you, Corey, it would be speaking or tips for speaking. There's going to be a lot of stuff out there on that. You want to make sure that you don't pitch them something they've already covered because no matter how good your pitch is, if they've already done the story, they're not going to do it again. Right? So you'd have to pitch them a sort of 10 degrees to the left angle based on something that they've already covered. And the good news, the, the sort of hack here, is when you're looking at what's already covered, you're also going to know who is already interested in covering this topic. So you're going to find that columnist's name, you're going to find that reporter's name, and then you're going to pitch them personally. And there's a whole process for this. It's not time-consuming. It's funny. It sounds time-consuming like this. Once you understand the principles of this, it's like riding a bicycle, super wobbly and uncomfortable at the beginning because you're like, oh, my God, so much to keep in my mind, so much for my body to learn. It's like it's the same idea. It's one, at the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, all these different ideas in my head. Once you understand the principle of it, you can do this in under 20 minutes. I know because our students do it all the time. So I guess the, the – and I still have my second question that I'm not going to let myself forget – but um, yes. but I guess the other thing then, do you recommend, so based mm -hmm. on, like you said, you can do it in a shorter time frame than people think, the process mm -hmm. can be probably more effective and easier than people think, so do you recommend that because people are the media, meaning they're the person that, and I say are the media, I mean they're the person that's going to be featured or, or being yes. interviewed, do you recommend that they, whether it's them hiring somebody or doing it themselves, that they do it, 
or do you have a done for you service that you recommend they use or what's the what's the i guess mix there between um I, I obviously not everybody probably loves the media side of things but they know how important it is i know myself i really enjoy it but i right. guess my question is do you recommend for some people does it make sense to hire somebody to do it and or and when i say do it i don't mean appearing in the media i just mean securing the spots great um, great question i totally see where you're coming from look I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and touch your pain point. Everybody who's listening to the show wishes there were more hours in the day. Actually, that's not true. We don't wish there were more hours in the day. We wish that there was, there was less shit to do, right? True, true <laughs> story. So nobody wants more work. I get that 100%. Here's how I'm going to answer your question. The skills that you need to pitch the press and tell sound bites and create that compelling story that is literally built around the kernel of your ideal prospect or ideal client's pain points or aspirations. This skill set, this suite of skills is exactly what you're going to be using to pitch the press. You cannot afford to outsource this unless you know how to do it backwards and forwards yourself because these are the same suite of skills. This is the same suite of skills that's going to land you business, that's going to help you close bigger and better deals on a regular basis. All of the things that you're going to use to, lo- to land media, it's the same sentences, the same words, the same process that you're going to use to close sales, to, tell, to give better speeches, to network better, to you know, move your clients towards transformation better. Which, whatever you're looking for, this, this is all basic communication. So in my book, it's, ridic- it's like outsourcing sex. Why would you do that? <laughs> Great like completely. Do you know what I mean? Like that's it's kind of a core facet of marriage. So it's a little bit being like, I'm gonna outsource the sex part and I'm gonna do the, the everyday like making meals part. Like that's just lame and, and it doesn't make any sense. So I, I'm a huge believer in insourcing your media. So what a lot of our clients do who are overwhelmed but have teams is that they take the program, they become literate in the concepts, in the strategies and in the process. Then what they do is they have a VA on their team take the program. So once they understand, you know, then they're able to take full control of their story because you can never, I will tell you this 100%, you can never pay someone to care about your story the way that you do. That is just a fact. No one will ever care about your story the way that you do. And if you're not able to articulate what it is that you do that changes people's lives, you're never going to be able to have a sustainable, profitable business. So learning how to do that, you can learn how to do that, and then you can have somebody on your team get training from us. So basically, they take the program, they get our ongoing support, they attend our group coaching calls, they fill out our templates, they implement for you what you have now set a strategy. And I mean, we have tools in our program, you know, from a done-for-you media calendar that basically lays out all of the different media opportunities for a variety of different businesses. So you literally would sit down print out the PDF, and do your entire media planning for the year in 45 minutes or less. And then you can hand it off to a teammate, and they can do the implementation. And that will cost you way less than the three to five to $10,000 per month on retainer that a PR agency would, would charge you. And on top of that, I just want to say everybody here knows the, the benefit and the, you know, we're, we're all told to grow our email list. 
Well, your media list, every one journalist, every one podcaster or one influencer on that media list is worth hundreds of thousands of other people because they're influencers. So if you outsource your PR, if you get somebody else, a PR, you know, a, a, a solopreneur, PR professional, or a PR agency to do your PR for you, you're basically paying them to make contacts on your behalf. The second you stop paying them, all the no's, all the not yet, all the, oh, wow, I love the story, but we just covered something very similar. Can you pitch us in six months? All of those are going to go away. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, and this is that second question, <laughs> so I mm-hmm. want to make sure that I don't let you uh, run off without me asking that second question. Is, yeah. And, this is, and the reason I want to bring this up is because it's something I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with when it comes to media. And so I'll explain what I mean here is that I've had, I had a business publication years ago where we had advertisers monthly. We had, um, we had, uh, we had a radio show where we had sponsors and some of them would end up being guests. So you get to work with them a little more than you would, let's say the sponsor that's not a fit as a guest. And mm-hmm. so I guess on the show, I mean, or, or somebody we profile in the publication. And one of the things that I, I noticed that people seem to struggle with is two things, I guess. Well, one part of it would be, um, the fact that they would think, okay, well, I'm going to do this interview, let's say, on Corey's show, and their whole thinking about what they're going to get from results was simply um, if Corey promotes it or whoever he promotes it to, whoever hears that show, that's who will know as on the show, but miss the idea of the branding that they get by sharing the logo or sharing that they were on a show or sharing where they've done media recently. And it seems to me this is a lot of people miss this, you know, the benefit and power of the long-term branding uh, being able to know you're on a show that somebody may not listen to, but they still see that logo on your website that you're on the show. So Ab- do you know where I'm getting at here? Can you, can you oh, talk yeah, about that Oh, yeah, big time. Absolutely. We have an entire module in the program dedicated to monetizing your media, to leveraging your media. Because getting on a show, that's just the beginning. It's a huge beginning. It puts you head and shoulders above the crowd. But let's face it, 80% of the people that you want to reach – won't be watching the day you happen to be on TV. They won't be, they won't have picked up that magazine. They won't have clicked on Inks.com that day. It's just, that's life, right? That's just how it works. So if you don't have a system that's going to leverage that media, make it a part of your brand, make it a part of your selling conversations, make it a part of your prospecting process, then that's money you're leaving on the table. Yes, you still have a path of credibility that makes you better than your competition, perhaps, but you won't be able to effectively monetize it if you don't have that follow-up system in place. So, I mean, I'll give you an example from my own business. I wrote a piece for Entrepreneur, I think it was in 2015. We've made more than $24,000 off of that one piece. Literally, wow. people who read that piece and then became, you know, got into our sales process, and still counting, like we still get leads from that piece every day. So that I'm not making this up. This is this is this is the best part. This is the juiciest part because, and that's the other thing about PR agencies is they just land you the press and they sort of you know dust off their hands and they're like, hey, see, I'm so awesome, I got you press, awesome. But is that going to create the exponential growth factor in your business? It won't. If you haven't done many different pieces together, and that's why we designed our program the way that we did. Module one is not the sexy media part because a lot of people want to start with that. But I'm like, if you don't lay the foundation right, if you don't, if you don't get crystal clear about what story you're telling 
to whom and to solve what problem, good luck monetizing that later. It's not going to work. It's just not. So we have an actual questionnaire that people can download in our, mo- in our first module that helps them gain crystal. This goes way beyond your typical ideal client avatar exercise. Like, I've done that, right? I did that when I first started, and I was like, wow, there's a big freaking hole in this thing. And the hole is this. You can have your psychographics and your demographics, and you're like, okay, my ideal client is a, you know, is between 30 and 50 years old, and they're suburban, and they're educated to college level, and yada, 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 whatever that looks like. You have all of these different demo and psychographics. But what is that magical moment that pushes somebody over the edge, that makes them buy you, that makes them buy into you? What is that magical piece of information that makes them refer you, that makes them actually do the work so they get the results, so then it becomes magic, it it becomes exponential? So what I realized was we didn't know the answers to those questions ourselves. I I take my own program. It's kind of funny. I take my own course. I fill out all the work. I do all of the exercises myself so that I know what the process feels like to our students. So when we sat there, I was like, that's a really freaking big piece of information to be guessing at. That's, that's really dumb. We're leaving a huge physical piece of our business to chance and to guesswork. So what we did was we designed a questionnaire for us, for me to use, so that I could get on a, on a phone call with one of our ideal prospects or one of our ideal clients and really work them through this series of questions. And the questions are designed to be non-confrontational, so it allows them to give me negative feedback without making me defensive, without making them feel bad for hurting my feelings. It, what, what this has done is it has really created magic in our business because it has taught me, literally, it has given me insight into, oh, here's a gap in our program that we need to create a solution for. So instead of guessing at the next product that I'm going to create, I get my clients to tell me exactly what they want me to create, what they're willing to pay money for. Uh, the the done for you media calendars is, is is exactly one of the things that have got, that came out of this process with several of our clients. So I look for patterns. I actually listen for the exact words that our clients are using to describe their pain points and their aspirations. And then when I get up on stage, Corey, I will use those words and phrases in my talks and in my media interviews. And then I'll I'll be mobbed at the back of the room afterwards, and people will say, Oh my God, it's like. It's like a sign from the universe. I was just saying that to myself last week. And there you were on stage saying that exact thing. And I was like, you know, that was not a coincidence, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And that comes from the willingness to create the solution that people actually want rather than creating the solution that I'm comfortable creating. And that was a big shift for us as a business. Wow. So, so he has so much insight in that statement alone. And, you know, I, I know we're, as we're winding down, I know we barely scratched the surface, which is always the challenge with a shorter interview in yeah. an area that people are so passionate about. But just that alone, if somebody just started applying that, you know, the idea of, of actually serving based on what the client wants versus what they mm-hmm. want to serve would be mm-hmm. transformational. Um, my last kind of official question, and then I have, uh, well, I'll say my last formalized question, and then I have just a quick question we ask every guest. And then, yes. uh, and then, of course, I want to just find out how we can learn more. But before we jump ahead to that, one of the other things in relation to people planning for their press and deciding, should I take press now, obviously you're, you're not probably ever going to turn down a great press opportunity. But the question I have is when somebody, let's say, doesn't at the present have 
something that they're offering. Like let's say they don't have a program that they have right now or they don't have a book out or they don't have anything whatsoever to offer. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend they – obviously, they're going to get the long-term branding of being in that outlet. But how do you recommend they, they sort of maximize or make the most of that spot? And, you know, it could be a call to action like how to join your newsletter if you have a list. But is there, you know, what do you recommend to people that don't have anything, let's say, to pitch or to offer right now whatsoever, but either a media opportunity came to them that they can't turn down or they do want to do some media right now while they're in between stuff? There's a couple of different ways to look at it. And we've had people in our program who purchased the program literally before they had a website, before they had finished their coaching certification. Uh, there's Anna Giannone comes to mind. She, it was a big leap of faith. She came and she held my hand. It was at a speaking engagement. She held my hand. Her hands were so cold. She was like, I'm doing this because I believe in myself and I'm investing in myself and I don't have a website yet. Is this going to work for me? And I was like, hey, if you do the work, it'll work. And here's the deal. She landed her Huffington Post column in less than 48 hours. So when people Googled her, she didn't have a website yet, but they found her column, not just a one-off, but a column in Huffington Post. And she started building her brand. And now she's traveling to Africa and selling her book all over the world. And it's, just, and it's been less than two years. So really amazing transformation is possible. The deal is you have to be clear on what value you are bringing to your audience. People always ask, well, what, you know, how am I going to come across as credible? How, you know, what's this going to do for me? And, and I always think that's the wrong question. I don't think that that's necessarily the right question. It's not the right, it, it, it's the thing that's going to get you the delete finger. What I would recommend you do is think, well, what is the long-term plan here? Do you have a long-term plan? So you may or you may not. You may be in transition. So if you're in transition, you're like, I really don't know what my next move is. Then talk about something that's changing your life, but make sure that whatever information you offer, it has been processed in a way that is useful to an audience, which means you can break it down and there is some takeaway for the audience, right? So then you can say you can have a landing page set up to say, you know, if you'd like to go on this adventure with me and, and, and you know, watch as I share, watch as I learn, because I'm in transition, you can be very authentic and upfront about that. There's nothing, I'm a huge believer in that. That's what I, I recommend, which is, again, not something a PR agency would necessarily do. There is no formula for success. You can be super uber transparent. The big question, the only question that really matters is what's in it for the audience? Do they get something out of spending that three minutes and 45 seconds with you on a TV interview or a podcast interview or whatever it is? Do they get something that they can apply to their lives? Do they get a little insight that helps them change their perspective? Do they get a process that they can apply or a question that they can ask themselves? That's what you want to ask. If you have that, then you can, then you can go on there and you have something to share and something to give. Then, yes, you're ready for the, the media. And then you can leverage the logo for your branding later on when you decide what it is you want to build. So does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And so I guess then my, I mentioned that I had our sort of our key question that we try to ask every guest that we bring on the show, and knowing that the answer is going to be different depending on what sort of field they're in. But for you, mm-hmm. Ida, my question is, if you were able to sit across from, and I'm just going to throw a number out, you can change it in your head if you want, but a 16-year-old sure. version of yourself, let's say that, or a 14-year-old version of yourself, and give her one or two pieces of life advice, about gaining and getting booked from a publicity <laughs> perspective based on what you've learned in all these years since, what do you think you might tell her? 
I think I would tell her the same thing I just told you guys, which is when it comes to credibility, everybody's obsessed with credibility and status and standing and, you know, how do you look from the outside? It's the same it's the same um, version. This is the media version of a woman looking, or, or a man for that matter, or any gender, looking at themselves in the mirror and looking and, and then focusing in on their belly roll or focusing on, or maybe they're focusing on something that they love about themselves in the mirror. That's fine. But you're looking at the outside. You're looking at just the appearance. So with media, people tend to be very focused on, well, what's it going to do for me? What's the status that I'm going to gain? And what I would say to that 15-year-old version of myself, which is the same thing I tell the 37-year-old version of myself every day, these days and every day, is what's in it for the audience? Focus on what you can bring. What is the value that you can give? Because if you can bring something delightful it, and it doesn't have to be heavy it doesn't have to be like profoundly life-changing every time that's a lot of pressure that's not going to work every single day hopefully it'll work many days but it won't work every day but, but you know every day you can have some version of that people want lots of different things on a daily basis nobody wants you know Wayne Dyer's depth of, of, of insight every single minute of every single day. Sometimes you want Tom and Jerry. Sometimes you want Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes. So, so what I try to do is, is always bring something valuable, and that could come in many flavors. It could be delight. It could be insight. It could be something really, really profound. It could be something vulnerable. It could, you know, there are lots of different ways to do that. So what, what I would tell my 15-year-old self is be you, and then see which pieces of you you can serve the world in a way that serves them. Love it. So, and, and I guess um, one last little add-on to that before I ask you how we can connect and learn more uh, is in terms of, I guess, the sort of being you, and, and as you said, it doesn't always have to be Wayne Dyer level. Uh, yeah. But I guess, what are your thoughts on, because I hear this a lot, and, and I, I do this myself sort of unintentionally, and I do notice that it does seem to attract attention is, and you did it with the press release component, but is, is actually within whether it's an interview or whatever it might be, mentioning something that people inherently believe to be true, then proving to them that it's probably not or may not be true. So in other words, you mentioned with press releases at the, at the beginning and how mm-hmm. press releases are still considered to be the best way to do things, but here's you know, the backup as to why it isn't. That, yeah. I think it's people, if, if you can show them, this is my thinking aloud, but if you can yeah. show them something they believe forever to be true, might not be a fact true, is it, is, it, is it true that you actually start to gain their attention and then thinking, well, maybe this person could teach me other things that I believe to be true that might not be? Absolutely. So um, someone who has articulated this uh, so beautifully that I, I feel like I need, he needs full credit for it is Russell Brunson. So Russell Brunson calls this the opportunity switch. So you basically, you know, let's take exercise as an example. Somebody wants to use the spare tire around their waist, and they have done every kind of crunch that you could possibly imagine. They're all crunched out. They've bought the freaking gizmo that makes them do the crunches and whatnot, and it hasn't worked for them because the fact of the matter is, and actually we know this, exercise science backs this up, abs don't come from crunches. So if you were to turn around and be like, I get it, you've done every crunch, you're meeting your audience, and this is, again, about listening actively. And this is going to, again, this is a skill that's going to serve you well in marriage, it's going to serve you well in parenting, it's going to serve you well in friendship, it's going to serve you well in sales. 
speaking, you name it. You are starting meeting your prospects, your audience, your clients, whoever, where they are. They're in this frustrated, painful place. And the reason they're in this frustrated, painful place is because they have been working as hard as they can and as hard as they know how at something. And it isn't working for them. It's a very frustrating place to be. So you turn out and you say, I see you. I feel you. I get it. It's not you. It's not your fault. Here's why. And then you back it up with fact. You back it up with a very compelling argument. And then you say, here's something that isn't better, because better is very subjective. Better will be different for different people. Here's something that's different. And what you do is you release that anxiety, that stress, that angst that they have around this thing that has not been working for them, that, you know, they, they feel like a huge failure because it's not working for them. You release that angst and you say, here is hope. Here is a completely different approach. So, yes, if you can do that, then it energizes people. It makes them excited again. It makes them want to try again. And I think that there's a huge value to that. That is pretty much the only way that anyone will ever succeed is to try again, yes? 100%, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's that, that saying, even though it's cliche, you know, if you fall off the horse, that's not what's yeah. important. What's important is to get, that you get back on and try again. I mean, it's a cliche, yeah. because, but it's true. Or maybe you don't need a horse. Maybe you need a scooter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe you can try a different route. Maybe there's yes. an easier route. Exactly. Uh, so, Gita, this has been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be. Like I said, I knew we barely scratched the surface. Uh, you know, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued, and then maybe in the yeah. coming months we can look to bring you back on and enlighten us once again. I guess the, the last sort of uh, unofficial question is simply for people listening that want to learn more about your program, that want to connect with you, that might want to dive into your world and, and see all the insight that you're sharing on a regular basis, where would you normally send them? Um, I'd say the best place to find me is probably Facebook. Um, we have a five-day challenge. So if you want to get a taste of the magic and really understand the huge opportunity that media represents for you, um, you know, that goes way beyond exposure and credibility and sales. Like everybody gets focused on those three things. And there's maybe another seven or eight pieces that you're leaving on the table to help you grow your business that literally don't cost you anything else. It's just a question of how do you leverage um, you can go take the five-day challenge. It's 100% free. So it's babygotbooked.com forward slash challenge. So babygotbooked.com forward slash challenge. Super easy to remember. Um, you can get signed up and you'll get a 30-minute video. So if you can promise to give me 30 minutes of your day for the next five days, a week from now, you'll have your first interview booked, your first media interview booked. You don't need contacts. You don't need um, experience. I'm so anything. excited you're here. Awesome stuff. Well, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you can probably hear that. I'm going to go check it out myself. Uh, yeah, my, this and my next interview. And then what's great is on the show, I can sort of report back and maybe I'll take the five day challenge and, and share my experience. That would be amazing. And I was going to say, uh, there's a Facebook group and that's why I brought up Facebook. We have a free Facebook group that goes along with the challenge and I'm going to be in there more often sharing insight, sharing what I learn on a daily basis, business-wise, personally, um, and media-wise, of course. And I'm constantly talking to folks like my folks, friends in the media, you know, whether that's Jason Pfeiffer, who runs Entrepreneur.com and, and, and is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, or Laura Lober, who works at Inc. I'm always reaching out and finding out, well, what's working right now? So I have all of this stuff that 
you know, isn't necessarily deep in the course, um, but we discuss this on a regular basis in our private members only group. I'm going to give you little snippets of that in that five-day challenge group too, just to get you guys excited and get you guys knowing what's going on out there so that you can leverage the heck out of your brand. Love it. And so I guess the last part to my question then, uh, in terms of the five-day challenge, because now I'm sort mm-hmm. of pumped up myself for it. Um, Yay! But the Facebook group, is that, can, can people, will they find that from that website? Like, will they find the link to the yes. Facebook once group? Yes. Once you, well, yeah, once you sign up for the five-day challenge, you have uh, right there on the thank you page, there'll be an invitation to join the Facebook group. You should get reminders in your email. Just make sure you do that work. If you look for Baby Got Booked five-day challenge on Facebook itself, if you search in the search bar, you'll find us. Um, and then that gives you a chance to, as you implement the five-day challenge, as you go through it, you can ask me questions. My team will respond to you. Um, we're all in there to support you because when you get results, it makes us look good. And then you refer us and you buy from us, which we like. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, Gita, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I know, like you said, uh, people can kind of start from where they're at. And you guys definitely have so many great resources that they can tap into even before they're ready to jump into the program. Uh, but Absolutely. I believe, too, when they start getting that first interview or two, they're going to see immediately why they want to be involved in the program as well. So thank you so much for making this all possible. And as I mentioned, uh, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued, and we'll reach back out to bring you back on to share some more additional insights. Love that. Thanks so much, Corey. Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engaged Leadership. Go to in-engaged.ca. Permadry. Guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes. Your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning, never stop learning. Go to OxfordLearning.com. Smile Dog, your receptionist. Go to SmileDog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.